Since the beginning of time, civilizations have asked the questions. What is the human soul? How do we know it exists? Do we control our reality? Or are we actually living within a dream? What truly happens when we pass away? Join two of the world's leading experts in higher consciousness, and discover the truth about the soul, and the path to enlightenment. This is, The Living Soul. Welcome to The Living Soul. I'm Kathy Gibson. I'm Dr. Mitchell Gibson. And today we're going to talk about the criminal soul. Now, most people are very familiar with crime because we are inundated with crime from television, from the news, from magazines, from web webinoids or uh, webinars and anything else that you can think of because we are fascinated by crime. One thing I like about this format is that you almost never see couples, especially couples of color, talking about relevant topics, especially topics like crime, the soul, spirituality, having an intellectual discussion or a philosophical discussion. To me, a person's mind, a person's soul, is one of the most exciting aspects of who they are. When I first met you, one of the things I loved about you most was our ability to have these conversations, mm -hmm. and now... We're on a national television show talking about the human soul and how it relates to crime. I mm -hmm. just think that is absolutely beautiful. And I think there should be more of it. I think it should be, too. Um, one of the things that I find fascinating about uh, crime or criminals is that they have their own way of thinking as far as society is concerned. They don't care about society. They don't care about what's going on around them or who it affects if they you know, steal from someone, they're just into their own selfish needs at the time. You know, when I was growing up, everybody knew who the criminals in the society were. Mm -hmm. They knew who the criminal families were. They knew who was most likely to steal your bicycle. They knew if, that if you walked downtown at night by yourself, who the bad people were. Mm -hmm. And in society, we know those people. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, we know their names. We know where they live. We know what they've done in the past, what they're likely to do in the future. We also know if you can have them over your house. A lot of them, you can't have them into your house. You cannot say, I want this person to clean my house because you know if you do, things are going to be missing. Mm -hmm. We know who has a criminal soul. We know who has a personality that you can't trust. Mm -hmm. And often, unfortunately, we are entertained by that. It is true. It is true. One of the one of the first movies that came out was a movie entitled The Great Train Robbery. It came out of the 1920s. It was about criminals robbing trains. And we have since then been fascinated by the criminal element in society. Mm -hmm. Most times when they uh, introduce a new television show, it's usually going to be a police procedural or something related to crime because those seem to be picked up the fastest. Or courtrooms or lawyers. Yes. Which and is criminal related. It's also criminal related, uh, but it's also when you're looking at the courtrooms, it's more of justice. Are they going to get away with it or are they going to be put away? Uh, and it's the interaction between the lawyers and the criminals that makes for a fascinating show for most shows like The Good Wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> one of my favorite shows. But uh, one of the things that uh, we have learned as spiritual teachers and some of the things that we teach is that you have to be very careful of what you put into your mind. Uh, and sometimes we try to steer people away from putting criminal elements and criminal shows and movies into their head because that affects you. Some people, though, are born with a distinct bent in their personality toward committing crimes, no matter what you say to them, no matter what you do to them. When I was working as a psychiatrist, unfortunately, I ran into that more times than I would like to think. There were people that would just say, I'm a thief. Mm -hmm. I'm a prostitute. I like hurting people. People who were gangsters who planned to break into people's houses. People who are members of gangs. People who because of what they thought, they liked stealing cars. Mm -hmm. And that's how they identified themselves. They identified themselves as criminals. And there was no treating that. Mm -hmm. There was no giving them a pill for that. There was nothing that I could do in therapy that could take that out of them. Because that is who they are. That is, in many cases, how they identify themselves. It wasn't because they were born poor. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because they were forced into it by their life circumstances. They liked it. That's what they did. They liked it. In some cases, loved us, what they did. Is it because they could get away with it, the reason why they loved it so much? It's because that's how they identify themselves as people. Some people grow up, they know they're going to be an athlete. Mm -hmm. They know that they can hit a ball, they can play basketball, they can play hockey. They know what they can do. They're good at a certain sport or a game. Some people grow up and they know that they're going to be dancers or writers or doctors or lawyers or congressmen or politicians. Some people say, I'm going to be a gangster, mm -hmm. and I'm going to steal cars, or I'm going to go into a grocery store and steal food for a living, or I'm going to go into a big department store and steal clothes for people and make a living on the street. Mm -hmm. Some people, that's how they identify themselves, and that is part of their soul. That is part of who they are. But there are also some people who have to steal because they're in survival mode. They're hungry. And I don't know that you can rightfully call that crime because if you're starving and you have no access to jobs or money and you're in a condition or a state that's in a war-torn area, mm -hmm. you're going to do stuff to survive. Mm -hmm. I don't believe as a professional, as a teacher, that that's the same as crime. Mm -hmm. Because if you have to survive, you have to steal a piece of bread to survive. That's not the same. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely not the same mm, as crime. That's one of the reasons why I brought that up. It's because a lot of people think that because someone goes into a store and they steal food because they're hungry, that they're criminals. That's not necessarily that they're criminals. They're just hungry and they're trying to survive. So we have to be very careful how we try to categorize people and, and say that they're this or that because we have to know what the circumstances are. So before we move forward, we really have to discuss what is crime? Mm -hmm. Where does crime come from? How does society deal with it? A famous author once said that a mark of a, of a society is how we deal with our criminals. Mm -hmm. How we, I think it was Dostoevsky. How we deal with people in society that break the laws of society. In ancient Greece, there were no courts for hundreds of years. And so if a person committed a crime like killing somebody, usually society took care of that person. Mm -hmm. But we have to, when we come back from this break, we have to decide exactly what constitutes the definition of a crime. What is a crime? What is, what is okay to do by the definition of society? If a person starving, is that considered a crime? We have to look at what crime is. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back.
Crime has been part of the human condition for as long as we've had society. How our society treats criminals is a mark of both civilization and evolution. But why do we treat each other this way? Why do humans steal? Why do we take things that don't belong to us? Is there something in our nature that pushes us beyond what we know is right? Does the soul know right from wrong? Or is the soul born with a tendency toward evil? There are chemicals that are created simply to give us pleasure. Many of these chemicals are illegal. Why do we create them? There are people who define themselves from a very early age as criminals. Many of these people end up behind bars, repeatedly incarcerated, never joining society at large. The legal systems of the world vary from country to country, but we have always had some sort of institution to take care of those who break the law. There are entire institutions devoted to the control of crime. And crime has been with us for as long as we have had people. Does the soul create criminal behavior? There are parts of the soul that are highly intelligent, and help the mind decide right from wrong. Can criminal behavior be cured? Science has not yet discovered a cure for the criminal condition. Does criminal behavior run in families? There are families where the family business is crime. This has been true for centuries. Are men more likely to commit crimes than women? Research shows that men commit more violent crimes than women. Is crime more common in modern times? There are more people alive now than any other time in history. As a result, there are more people to commit crimes. But that does not mean that crime is more common in modern times. There are parts of the soul that recognize right from wrong. Mankind has struggled with the concept of crime for centuries. From 1200 to 900 BCE, the ancient Greeks had no official court system. During this time period, if you committed a murder, you would most likely be killed by the members of the victim's family. That whole question is of what is time? What is crime? What is 
something that society can simply not tolerate. That has really changed a lot over the thousands of years of human history. And, and we don't want to set ourselves up to sound like we know everything or whether we're absolute experts on what crime is or what it isn't. But we're going to give our opinions. We're going to discuss what we think it is and just, you know, kind of come to some conclusions about what we can agree on or not agree on. Because mm-hmm. there are many things that we're not going to agree on as far as what crime is. And society tries to define what crime is, and it has a difficult time trying to just say black and white what it is. But the question that I found fascinating in the video was, uh, are we committing more crime now than we did from the beginning of man? And I would say that crime is still being committed around the same. It's just more people, so there's more of it. Well, right now, 99.9% of the people who have ever lived are alive right now because up until the beginning of this century or the last century, you know, there were never, there's never a time when there were 7 billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. And the population in the last 100 years has just exploded. So, yes, there are more crimes being committed right now just because there's more people. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the percentages of crime over, over history, uh, in the Middle Ages, you were more likely to be a victim of a crime than you are right now because there were more people murdering people. Mm-hmm. There was more in the way of one-on-one crime, more murders, more robberies, more theft by percentages. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the total number of the population, probably no more than it is right now. Right. So what is crime is the question. What is crime? Is it the um, action of one person doing something to another person, like in murder or some kind of assault? Is it someone taking something that was yours and just possessing it as their own? Is it them stealing? Is that a crime? Is a woman taking off her top in public a crime? Because in some countries, it is not considered a crime. Mm -hmm. In some countries, we went to this place in Germany. There's a park where everybody can just go around naked, Mm -hmm. men, women, and children. But if you do that in the U.S., in many places, you can be arrested. So is it a crime or is it not? If you break into somebody's house and steal their stereo. Is that a crime? Mm -hmm. Well, in some countries, if that person has stolen your property and you're stealing it back, you're just recovering your property and it's not a crime. Mm -hmm. But in many states, if you break into somebody's house, period, that is considered to be a crime. And what about prostitution? Is prostitution considered a crime? In some places, it's not considered a crime. Nevada, for instance. Nevada, where you go in Thailand, that's not a crime. Uh, is it a crime because a woman sells herself and sells her body for a price? Is that a crime or is that survival? In Canada, prostitution in many areas is legal. In the U.S., you go right across the border 10 miles away, it becomes illegal. Mm-hmm. So where is the crime? The crime really exists in the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. If the rules of the state say that something is a crime, then it is defined as a crime. You can't just break the rules of a state. If you're smoking pot in California mm-hmm. and you go to Kansas and it's not legal in Kansas, mm-hmm. you can go to jail for that. Mm-hmm. I think the states have to come together as far as what they consider to be a crime and not a crime because if you have something in one state and you go across the border and you can get arrested for that same thing you used in a previous state, that's kind of unfair. The law should be you know, similar in the states. Right. We have to also look at the understanding of what a crime is. Some people don't understand that if I have something in California and take it to another state, it simply becomes illegal. We're going to have to work those sorts of things out. 
We'll be right back. You know, this subject about crime uh, is fascinating when you start thinking about how we've been fighting as human beings over the five pieces of land. It's really only five different continents. So we're fighting all the same pieces of land for, or since we've been able to fight. Let's talk about some of the famous criminals who have done crimes against humanity where war was part of that. When you look at some of the great war criminals, war crimes, um, you got to look at Hitler. Um, you got to look at people who killed not only people in their own country, but they killed people by the millions mm -hmm. and got away with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, the war stopped, but in many cases, like Pol Pot um, and people in his own country, he killed over two million people. Mm -hmm. You look at people like Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan killed millions of people mm -hmm. just so he could take their land. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got to look at the soul of a person like that. What is in a person's soul that would make them want to kill people by the millions? What is in a man's or a woman's mind, for that matter, to make them contemplate the idea of mass murder, slaughter, suicide, uh, extermination camps? I went to uh, Dachau. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, uh, this was in the um, late uh, late 1990s, and Dachau is in a nice neighborhood. There's a grocery store, convenience store, where you can get ice cream and hamburgers across the street from Dachau. Hmm. And so when you go in there, you realize it's a place where mass murder execution was planned. Mm -hmm. There are still rows and rows of hooks where they used to hang bodies. Mm -mm. There are places where you could see where there were dogs and dogs were used to help control populations of people as they were led to slaughter. Mm -hmm. So the concept of the soul and crime goes very deep into the human condition. As humans, we have a capacity to plan and conceive some of the darkest ideas that are imaginable. Mm -hmm. And of course, we can't forget about the bombs that have been released that killed thousands and millions of people. You know, nuclear weapons have really done devastation not only to those areas that they were uh, positioned to destroy, but also to uh, the people that they killed and the environment but of those areas. The other side of that is that people will say, well, if we didn't use nuclear weapons, the war would have gone on, millions of more people would have died, and nuclear weapons actually ended up being a weapon for good. Mm -hmm. It stopped the slaughter mm -hmm. that would have otherwise continued. That's, one, that's why this is such an interesting topic. One weapon that is probably more destructive than nuclear weapons are rifles, handguns. Mm -hmm. They're not built for anything but killing people. The AK-47 rifle, handgun, or the gun, kills more people than has killed more people than any other weapon in human history. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's designed to kill people. It almost never jams. It works in any kind of weather. It's a weapon of choice for many different armies, terrorists, soldiers, uh, different uh, security groups. It's a great weapon, but it has one purpose. It kills people. And it's a weapon that's used by criminals and uh, police and uh, armies all at the same time. How is it that a hunter can get an AK-47? 
I'm just saying. <laughs> we uh, won't. You, can, you, can, you can go online and probably get one, get one of those weapons that's designed to kill people and call yourself a hunter. That's true. The criminal mind is an aspect of the soul that we just don't understand. For some reason, men are more likely to commit crimes than women. Almost never do you see a woman being a mass uh, shooter mm -hmm. in mass casualties. Almost never do you see women doing crime on the level that you see men doing them. There was a research study that was done that showed that if you ask people on a survey if they're likely to commit a crime, men said yes more than women. If you then ask if you will do crime for money, men did the same crime, said they would do the same crimes for less money than women said they would do the crime for. Hmm. Men also were more likely to do or say they would do more violent crimes than women were willing to admit to. Now, that might be that women just weren't saying what they would do. Because <laughs> if you really get a woman angry, I don't know. Well, women could do some pretty violent stuff, too. They absolutely can. And uh, sometimes for good reason. And that is probably because of abuse. And, and that is probably a form of defense for the women. Exactly. Exactly. So then do you call what she did as self-defense a crime? If she defended herself and happened to hurt or kill her attacker, is that a crime? Or is that self-defense? Well, what we can say is that crime is a dark part of the human soul. Mm -hmm. We can say that crime is something that some people are born to do. Mm -hmm. And that's how they identify themselves. We can also say that in the history of humanity, we have done some atrocious things to ourselves and to other races and other countries in the name of crime and in the name of war. Mm -hmm. And we can't even go into slavery. No. We can't even talk about it. Well, it's one of those things that we talked about earlier. It sometimes slavery was considered to be normal. It was normal to go into countries, enslave people, bring them back, to do labor for no money to, and work them to death. That mm -hmm. was considered to be normal and acceptable behavior. Obviously now it's a crime against humanity. It was a crime against humanity back then, mm -hmm. but it's considered to be a crime, something we can't do. But ironically enough, there is more human slavery going on right now than any other time in history. The sex trade, human slavery, is more common and more widespread now than it was two, 300 years ago. So this it is, is scary. absolutely terrifying to even think about that. That aspect of the human soul is alive and well, unfortunately, to this very day. And unfortunately, we're running out of time to continue our talk on the criminal soul. But you can see that it's, a, it's one of those uh, topics that's difficult to discuss because the crime changes as society sees crime. And thank you for watching our show. We'll see you next week.